The UC Wellbeing Channel, your portal to a balanced body and mind. Continue your journey at uctv.tv slash wellbeing. So I'm here to speak to you to tell you about some of our research that we've done at the VA San Diego Healthcare System uh, in collaboration with uh, UC San Diego. Okay, thinking of gratitude, thankfulness, how many here have ever sent somebody a thank you card? Jeff? No. Um, Gratitude, thankfulness, this is relatively ubiquitous in our culture, isn't it? How many of you said thank you to somebody today? Everyone. We do it all the time. Sometimes we do it with more thoughtfulness, don't we? And we have that connection. Sometimes it's more thank you, whatever. And we're not really there when we're saying it. We're not so mindful. That experience we have when we're more present, that, that effect on our sense of self and well-being... This is something that's been of growing interest to science over the last few years. So we had one of these earlier about um, from Dr. Kearney, I think, showing the uh, loving-kindness meditation. So I did a similar search, went through the PubMed literature over the last 50 years, searching various terms of gratitude. And you can see from this slide, going back to the early 60s, very little literature on gratitude, bumping up to the most recent last five-year period, several hundred being published in one year. You might be wondering, in all those several thousand studies, anything on active-duty military or veterans and gratitude and well-being? Well, it turns out there is. There is the National Health and Resilience in Veterans Study. How many of you know about that project? It studied several thousand veterans throughout the U.S., And incorporated within that study, looking at all kinds of factors of health and well-being, there are some questionnaires on gratitude. And here's uh, one of the findings. This was published in 2014 and essentially showed that gratitude, as well as resilience and purpose in life, were associated with successful aging in veterans. Another study that year, similarly, gratitude was associated with less loneliness, better well-being and social connection. And finally, this was a study just, it's in press now to be published, and gratitude as well as purpose in life and altruism, and all these were independent predictors, were associated with maintenance or increase in post-traumatic growth, which is a growing field of study, as you know, and it's extremely, extremely important. This movement, loving kindness, compassion, spirituality, this has really been a transition in the fields of behavioral medicine, behavioral cardiology over the last several decades. When I was training in behavioral medicine in the uh, late 80s, early 90s, we studied stress, we studied depression, we studied anxiety. That's all we thought about doing at that time. And we had journals that were devoted to these topics. So here's one of the journals, the Journal of Stress. There was a Journal of Depression and Anxiety, another one on anxiety and stress. It went on and on. Nowadays, we have Journal of Positive Psychology, Positive Psychiatry, Psychology of Well-Being, and the most recent one just launched last year was the Journal of Spirituality in Clinical Practice, trying to understand the relationship between health and well-being and spirituality in the clinical and medical settings. So quite a transition, and this was also mentioned earlier, that we need to attend to these things that support our well-being, not just the things that can uh, drag us down and undermine our well-being. 
Laura, uh, Dr. Redwine mentioned this yesterday, the high incidence of cardiac diseases in the United States, the number one killer in the U.S., has been for many, many decades. Cancer has been actually catching up over the last decade or so, but cardiovascular disease number one. This is the area we've been focusing on our research for many, many years at UC San Diego. Uh, much of my research, I had been in psychiatry for a while, was interested in depression and anxiety, of course, and cardiac diseases, also looking at basic mechanisms of cardiac diseases. So the study I'm going to share with you now, we did in heart failure patients, and we were looking at gratitude and well-being in heart failure. And Dr. Redwine also went through this slide yesterday. Her study was on the stage C patients. This study is on stage B. So stage B are individuals who have had some structural damage to their heart. It could have been as a result of a heart attack. It could have been as a result of many, many years of sustained high blood pressure. In fact, that is the number one reason people develop heart failure is untreated hypertension for decades. Or it could have been the result of some kind of viral infection, any damage to the heart itself. So stage B is considered a therapeutic window. It's a good place to focus to try to treat somebody to keep them from moving forward. So the study I'm going to share with you we conducted at the VA on about 150 veterans. There are standardized questionnaires for everything, as you might know, and there are for gratitude as well. And this is the questionnaire we used in our study, the six-item gratitude questionnaire. One of the reasons we chose it is because it's only six items. Many of the others are 20, 30 questions, and we already give our patients stacks of questionnaires, so we're trying to minimize where we can. But this is a very validated and reliable questionnaire. The, the, the questions are they're not focused on anything in particular to be grateful for, but just gratitude. So, for example, the first question, I have so much in my life to be thankful for. When I look at the world, I don't... Oh, that's not the one I wanted to read. If I had a list, everything that I felt grateful for, it would be a very, very long list, and so on. So... This first study I'm sharing with you, we gave this questionnaire to the 150 patients along with other data that we gather from them routinely. And I'm going to show you a series of slides of our findings. So here's the first one. Those patients who had higher gratitude, which is moving off to the lower right on the bottom scale, those with more gratitude had less depressed mood. Essentially, they had more vitality in their lives. This is very relevant in heart failure because... Depression as a comorbidity and heart failure is associated with higher other morbidities as well as more mortality. So this is clinically interesting and relevant. Patients also slept better. This is also obviously important for our well-being. Patients also had less fatigue, which is a symptom that increases over time in heart failure. So more gratitude, less fatigue. Self-efficacy, I think, Jeff, you mentioned self-efficacy in your, in your talk. Self-efficacy is that sense maybe of mastery, but it's confidence in our ability to take care and manage our lives. So there's actually a questionnaire for self-efficacy in cardiology, and it asks questions such as, how confident are you to manage your disease? Are you confident you can take all the medications you need to when you need to, adhere to your diet, your exercise, and so forth? So those patients who uh, had a greater sense of gratitude also expressed that they have greater self-efficacy to take care of themselves. 
many of you might know, there's a lot of inflammation in cardiovascular disease and especially in heart failure. So we also uh, draw blood on the patients in our studies, and we were curious about looking at more of a hard marker, say, of gratitude, not just other questionnaire data. And what we found is that those patients who had greater sense of gratitude also had lower levels of inflammatory biomarkers in their blood. And I'm listing the five biomarkers there, and we did essentially a factor analysis to come up to this relationship. So this is more of a hard marker of a positive psychiatric, psychologic trait that's very relevant clinically, because as I said, as inflammation increases during severity of disease, so does mortality. Any statisticians in the audience? Okay, good. Oh, one. Okay, so there's a, there's a, there's a type of analysis called mediation. Actually, this was talked about yesterday. I don't remember who, who, who um, shared it. But I want to try to walk you through it. So in addition to our gratitude questionnaires, we also gave a spirituality questionnaire. And there's already a large literature. It was just discussed about relationships between spirituality, spiritual well-being, and say less depressed mood, less fatigue. So we were curious about if we bring gratitude into the equation of this known relationship, what will happen? So we essentially, in this statistical analysis, we put the gratitude in as a mediator, meaning once we've looked at the relationship between spiritual well-being and depressed mood, and then we consider gratitude, what happens? Any guesses? Bing. The relationship with spirituality actually disappeared. And what happened is it, we found from the analyses in this sample that it's actually the gratitude, the gratitude component, we could say, of spirituality that was related to the better outcomes of mood, mood and sleep and so forth. So spirituality comprising things such as compassion and love and so forth, perhaps gratitude is a fairly important uh, essential ingredient in terms of carrying the day, we could say, in terms of our well-being. And this held true, as I noting earlier, for the fatigue and the self-efficacy findings. So these are, I think, any, I think these are interesting findings. Hopefully a few of you do. Thank you. These are correlational. So correlation means no causation, right? And there's another fun image I found. Correlation does not imply causation. So what does, this, what does this mean? This is what it means. So for those of you who don't do statistics, I've showed you several correlations. And for example, this bottom arrow could be height. And the other one might be shoe size. We expect an association between height and shoe size. I've been sharing correlations between gratitude and, let's say, vitality. And I'm saying we've had these great findings and the more gratitude you have, the more vitality you have or the less inflammation. I could have just as easily said, you know what, the more vitality you have, the more gratitude you have. Or the less inflammation in your body, even though you don't know you have lower inflammation, you're going to have more gratitude. So this is a limitation. I'm just saying it straight out with our research, even though I think it's very good so far. So the question I want to ask is, how do we overcome such a limitation? What do we do to go beyond just cross-sectional data? 
Thank you. Yes. We conduct an intervention. And in this case, we conduct a gratitude intervention. So there are things you can do to increase your sense of trait gratitude. There's already a literature on this. So we did. We conducted a gratitude intervention using a very standard modality of gratitude journaling. So we went back to our uh, clinics, found more stage B patients, and we randomized some of them to gratitude journaling for eight weeks. Plus, they continued treatment as usual. And then we had basically a treatment-as-usual care who also completed the same tests. And after those eight weeks, we did what you normally do after a randomized trial. You look at the data and you see what you find. So here's our first outcome. We went back to look at the inflammatory biomarkers because this was a very strong finding from the first study. And what we found is those patients who did the journaling for eight weeks had further reductions in their inflammation compared to the treatment as usual. And this graph is showing this about a 20% reduction. And this, again, is this factor of analysis of a handful of biomarkers that are relevant to cardiovascular disease. What else did we find? So in this particular study, we added another marker because it was a smaller study and we had the funding to do it. Heart rate variability was mentioned yesterday. So right now, everyone's heart is beating some average amount, and there's a certain amount of variability depending on what you might be thinking. This, this image shows somebody whose resting heart rate is 60, and they have absolutely no variability whatsoever. Right? It's one second between every beat. In contrast, this image, even though it's the same average heart rate, 60 beats a minute, we have variability. The reason this is important is because variability is associated with better health and well-being. Cardiac patients, over time, their variability goes down. Major depression, less variability. Inflammatory diseases, less variability. It's a window into the autonomic nervous system and how it's functioning. Some people call it a kind of a balance marker. So what we found is that when the patients sat and journaled about gratitude, they had increases in their heart rate variability. And that was compared to no significant change in the other group who had not journaled over those eight weeks, but we asked them to journal just at that moment. So it suggests that over the eight weeks, it started to alter their mind and body physiology, and they were more easily moved into this uh, state of uh, better autonomic balance. How might gratitude work? I have some thoughts on this. Uh, we were just asking how uh, spirituality might work. Here's my thought, and this was just brought up a moment ago. I think it has to do with connectivity. So when I um, bring gratitude into my awareness, one of my first experiences is I feel more connected. I feel more connected to myself and I feel more connected to the people around me and my environment. Connectivity, when we're more connected, which is really the opposite of stress and the opposite of depression, where our worlds tend to contract, I think that process of being more connected reduces our sense of stress, increases our sense of well-being. That might be one way in which gratitude is working in, this, in these research projects. So what are the next steps for this uh, project? Those of you who do research 
we always have this demand, replicate and extend, replicate and extend. So we're going to be doing that. And in fact, we, we, we already did to some degree, didn't we? We did a correlational study, and then we replicated and extended it with an intervention. But we're, we're doing it again. So we have some funding from the National Institutes of Health, and we're now moving into a different population. We're doing the gratitude intervention in individuals who have just had a heart attack. And we're also expanding the intervention in that not only will they uh, journal on gratitude, but we're having another journaling arm which will journal on basically everyday events. We want to control, well, maybe it's just journaling itself that causes these changes, not so much the gratitude. So we're going to look into that. And that study is ongoing up at the VA. Finally... Uh, This picture is a stack of journals, and we collected the journals from all the patients. So, Kevin, you'll appreciate this qualitative analysis. Uh, Dr. Sam Hurst is here somewhere who we're collaborating with as a qualitative uh, scientist. So everything that the patients wrote on in those journals, all that's been transcribed painstakingly into the computer, and there are programs that will dissect all this information, and we're going to see... Does it matter what you're grateful for? So patients wrote about the weather a lot, spouses, their cardiologists, you name it. And, and people also took the opportunity to kind of vent through the journals too. But the question is, we're going to ask, does it matter what you're grateful for in terms of any of the benefits? I personally don't think it's going to make a difference. I think just being in that sense of gratitude for whatever reason, that is the mechanism, independent. So maybe you've heard this term, a a grateful heart is a healthier heart, so I'm going to post. Perhaps it's true. Our data so far is suggesting that in these patients. I want to close by acknowledging uh, our research team at UC San Diego and the VA. Several are here. Would you mind just raising your hand, Dr. Meredith Pong, Kathy Wilson? I mentioned Sam in the back, and I don't see Chris here, and Laura's here too. Okay, that's it. Thank you very much. All right. Questions for. Uh, <laughs> there they are. I actually heard about your study when I was driving home from work one night on NPR, and I thought, okay, this is going to be cool. Next day, I did it with my patients, um, patients with depression, PTSD, a bunch of different, uh, different uh, presentations and different levels of acuity, one that was really a safety concern for me for a very long time, and um, it's, this is obviously anecdotal, but of those patients that I did, and it was just a handful of patients that I encouraged to do this, um, we did it in session. One said she was grateful for coffee. And, uh, and then I encouraged her to go home and do it. Um, she's so much healthier now. I mean, it's correlational, obviously. There's other things, but I just I want to say that this was, for me, it was just great to hear it on the, the radio, see what, the, uh, what they had to present on it, and then to go and do it. And um, the patient that I was talking about that said coffee at first, we talked about it a little bit later, and she said what really was helpful for her was to take time to think about things that she had. And she was so focused on her depression, so focused on her pain, so focused on so many things 
that when I told her, I'm like, every night, just try to great three things you're grateful for, just three things you're grateful for. And she really said just the slowing down and being able to, to think about that, it really opened her up because she was so focused on what wasn't working in her life that she hadn't really thought about things that were working. So thank you for your study. You're welcome. Thank you for that comment. I, I really appreciate it. So... That's translational medicine, isn't it? We have a clinical translational research institute at UCSD, which is this is what we're trying to do, get things out of the lab into everyday practice, which you're doing. Thank you. You know, uh, that reminds me, um, some of the speakers had nice video clips from um, testimonies, and I'm wishing we had gathered that too. We didn't do anything, but we had a lot of that back from the patients, transformative things like you're just sharing, so thank you. Yes. I'm just curious, do you have, uh, what are the instructions you give them for the journaling? Yes, so in all the studies so far, we, we ask them to journal, we say most days of the week rather than every day because we don't want them to perceive it as a burden, as a task. So we say most days of the week, and we ask them to write down two or three things that they feel grateful for, Period. Now, we're in the midst of designing another study because we did find that some folks' journals were a little sparse. And I think sometimes people don't know what to write about. And we were just discussing this in a lab meeting last week as we're, we're thinking through the next design. So the next study, we're going to provide some more structured guidance because some people just don't know. Yeah. Like some of the other studies, people just have to be educated on some very basics, how to put things together. So those were the instructions. Yeah, thank you. The reason I asked that question is because when we do the Mind Body Medicine program, I asked them to actually relive the experience, of, you know, Rick Hansen, neuroplasticity, to really feel the feelings and really experience. And I was wondering if that's what you did, but that's helpful. Thank you. So even yeah. with the sparse instructions, you, you most find the, yes, we did. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yep. Thank you for that um, question. Two provocative, I think, questions. I'll let you answer the first one before I ask the second one. Um, so, in order to minimize your correlation, you did an intervention. So, the question I have is, how do you know the fact of journaling didn't cause the change versus gratitude journaling? How can you yes. discount that just the fact of journaling wasn't what was causing the changes? Thank you. So, great question. I'll answer that two ways. One, we did, I didn't show you this slide, but we had a graph of just their gratitude, their straight gratitude. And so prior to journaling and then through the journaling process, their trait gratitude scores did go up. So that's, that's a marginal piece of evidence. But that's why we're doing this current study where we have two journaling arms. And patients will either get usual care or gratitude journaling or journaling about everyday events. So now we'll, we'll be able to get it. Perhaps it is just journaling. But we'll find that out. But I think it's more than just journaling. And the second question I have is, um, it's, it's, a, it's provocative, could connectedness be the reson- resonance of personal frequencies? Re- is connectedness the resonance of personal frequencies? That's, that's, that's pu- yes, absolutely. <laughs> I've been thinking that myself, and we're in resonance and we're connected. You know, this was said earlier, for me, spirituality, it's simple. It's connectedness. It's connectedness with yourself. It's connectedness with everyone and everything. As Dr. Chopra was saying this morning, essentially, we are all one. This this will get more. 
I'm going off my data script. I don't know if I feel comfortable <laughs> with that. But I would say yes to your question.